I gotta redo it. My bad. This is the Are You Screw podcast. Hello, sir. Uh, this is Jonathan from Sears. Do you have a moment for a survey? I'm sorry, do not. The Are You Screw podcast. Uh, sir, just one oh. question, if you don't mind. Shut up, working off. <laughs> sir, is your refrigerator running? <laughs> Give your picks and move on. This is Adam Segman, you idiot. I will ruin Rutgers. The Are You Screw podcast. Virtual reality sex machine. Oh. The freshman out of Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. The Are You Screw podcast. He's bitty bad. Gianna. Mike, get your picture ready. Gianna. I predict that I'm going to get blackout drunk at every tailgate so I don't have to watch the game. It's game week. COVID's over. Pandemic is over. We're back. Get excited. Boys, come on. Michael, <laughs> smile at me right now. Nobody could obviously see this because they're listening just audio-wise, but smile. We're getting Rutgers football back this week. Mike looks like My he's faking. 2.0 is back this week. Come on, <laughs> baby. You high? How are you? Are you high? High on Rutgers football about to start. We should do a podcast with you. Hi, but hi. <laughs> I think we've had that. Uh, I, I've suggested that many, many a times at this point, and it just has not come to fruition yet. But yeah, high I on be- life, I guess right now. It's been a uh, it's been a very, uh, very, very good week for the health god household. We have a new we have a new health god in the family. Whoa! I did not know this. Who is it? Yes, human yes, or not I'm, human? Uh, I'm an uncle once again. Uh, blood uncle. Finally, uh, my my brother. Craig and his wife, Nicole, they had their baby Blake on Monday. Shout out Blake. Um, so I feel, like, on the onesie. I feel like I didn't know that was happening. Maybe, maybe yeah, you mentioned no, it at some point. Uh, I don't remember. So just in time for, for football season, she's, she has arrived, uh, clearly excited to watch Rutgers play love, Michigan state this weekend. Love Blake as a girl's name, by the way. It's a, uh, it's, it. it's a very good name. So yeah, we're we're doing really well. We're the the GIF Max. I was I was almost wait hoping you were waiting to put out the GIF of my dad until I told you guys that uh, we had the new family member because then that GIF could also represent you don't know whether or not you have a lead over a shitty Big Ten team or you just had your first grandchild born. Mm. Either one works, obviously. Um. So I, I guess uh, congratulations uh, to Craig, and so neither my child. Uh, who was born last July? Nor Mike's child, who was born the previous February, has seen has been alive for a Rutgers football Big Ten win. So maybe, just maybe, this Saturday could be alive. Little Blakey, I don't know. I don't know if that's a name that we're allowed to call. <laughs> Little Blakey could be alive for a Rutgers football Big Ten win. Yeah. So I mean, I'm also excited for this episode that we are doing because I, I feel like we're back. We've got our groove back. We had a good episode last week with James Kratz joining us. Our guest tonight is uh, is Tim Wright, who's going to be joining us shortly, former Rutgers wide receiver, Super Bowl champion, entrepreneur now. We'll talk to him shortly. Um, Max has a song. Yep. So now you know we're really back for football season. I have prepared. I stole Mike's stick from last year with the top 10 list that I've got prepared. Um, we may hear from our old friend, Fake Vlad, at Ooh. some point. 
I just feel I feel I feel good. I feel good right now. Yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, we're not doing it in person, uh, which is kind of weird for us because we we did most episodes in person. I, we went a long time without doing Zoom episodes because, or I guess at that point it was Skype. Um, by the and way, your insistence, I, and I was right, right? I mean, we were you know we we were on a rocket ship to the moon um, until the pandemic hit. Obviously, we were going to take over the entire world. Like um, Ethereum, we are all crashed down. <laughs> Uh, I don't really know where I was going with this, uh, but we are doing this via Zoom, and yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's it's fun. We second week in a row we've done the podcast. I can't remember the last time we did that. I haven't made a song about Greg Schiano in like a year, and that is a very long time for me to go without making a song about Greg Schiano. We've got Adam's top ten. We've got a a, a call from Vlad. We've got Tim Wright. Uh, we have over unders. I I wrote a couple. I, we didn't really collaborate on this. We didn't. We, we kind of talked about it. Hopefully, you guys have some. I've got a couple. But Rutgers football is back. Holy shit! So, what do we want to get to? Do we want to get to the song? Do we want to talk a little a little X's and O's? What do we want to do? Like, are we testing Mike's <laughs> knowledge of like, hey, name like two other players on the team this year other than Art Sitkowski? Like, I would I would lose that bet. I mean, we we QB battle is that what we're talking right off the top? I don't even. I mean, like this is the starting. So excited, like a puppy, but who has no idea what they want to do? The starting center might be a reserve defensive lineman, Brendan Bordner. I don't. I don't know if that necessarily bodes well um, for for the state of the offensive line. I'm uh, very surprised at how much you know about this team, Max. Well, I mean, what you, the depth chart comes out. You look at the depth chart, and you know you I mean, read. You read. You I read remember on stuff I on remember the internet. Two and, and a half months ago, where you were saying if they're playing football this year, you were gonna like. I get. I leave the planet. I mean, we have to go through this again. I gave up. You day one. I whatever. Like we're here. Who cares? Football's back. You, we have to litigate this again. Like we have to do this I just again. Want, I just want to keep pointing it out. Why, Max? Who it's never, boring. Who never lets an issue die if he's on the other side of it is now just annoyed that someone keeps bringing something up that Max failed at and is now hypocritical. What I find interesting about Mike is that I have two, there there are two things that I think are important to the podcast, right? If we're going to be talking about something, is it interesting or is it fun? Uh And Uh more than anyone else, by a wide margin, Mike brings things to the table that are neither interesting nor fun all the time. we, We have to, we have to mention here that only one person is allowed to say whether something is interesting or fun. It's Max. And if you disagree with him, you are wrong, I think, obviously. Um, And so as the sole arbiter of whether something is interesting or fun, you are the only one who can decide what we talk about, right? And now you deviate from that. If we deviate from that, it's neither interesting nor fun because because it is not you who is choosing the subject. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. I, I think okay. that now you get it. Now you understand how things work. Secret now, type A personality going there. Now you understand how things work on the Are You Screw podcast. It's good Good that we got that out of the way. I'm glad. Should we get I'm to this song? I have to make a pick at some point in this episode, and I, I know it's early, but my gut is saying money line already, but I haven't made my official pick yet. <laughs> money line who? I mean, well, I know. We'll find out. Well, the, the Michigan State money line be pretty. What is it? Fourteen. Pretty dumb to go and bet on that, Michael. At this point, to bet on Michigan State money line, if you if you have been following the spread to this point, they're probably like minus five fifty or something like that. What's the spread right now? Uh, I don't know what it is at the time that we're taping it. It, it, it either opened at fourteen and a half or fifteen and a half, and I think got down to maybe twelve and a half at some point. I don't know where it's at right now. I also don't. This is this is bad radio right off the oh, top yeah. that we're talking about spreads i don't i actually don't think it is to like a lot of the people who listen like yeah they're doing spread talk like i think that there are some people 
who were like, yeah, finally. Uh, it's 13 and a half. Okay. So in between, pretty much split the difference on that. But th- there, there's football. There's Rutgers football this weekend. People are excited about that. Are they? Some are. <laughs> I mean, I didn't think that we were going to get Rutgers football. It's obviously probably still dumb that they're playing, but like, I'm going to watch and try and enjoy it a little bit. Are you optimistic about this season? Like, are you, like, wh- like, are, are you one of these people who's like, oh, I think they can win three games? I will reserve judgment until after I see them on Saturday. I'm just generally excited because I have given up on a lot of sports this off season um, because of COVID and just everything that's going on. Like, I don't know. I just, I've just kind of decompressed since the NCAA tournament was canceled and like our dreams were shattered at that point. I was like, all right, well maybe I'll read it a little bit and play with the dog and pay more attention to my wife. And that's what I've done. And I've pretty much, I, I really don't watch the NBA. I, you know, I, I work in baseball. So I try and get away from that when I'm done at my day. Wait, at, you work, work in baseball? I do, Michael. Are you the new Mets nope. GM? Uh, <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Notice really it was different. neither interesting the only nor fun. Now AOC playing Among Us on Twitch? Uh, no. Oh, I, I didn't get to watch that, although I saw she did have a lot of streamers. Um, a lot of viewers so yes, Among yes. Us. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited. And if they play really well on Saturday and just even keep it close, then I'll be giddy and just be like, oh, yeah, they could definitely beat, you know, so and so. What is really well? Like what like what is really well? Is it just make it the third quarter and you're not mentally checked out on the game? Like and, and you're like, there is a realistic possibility they can win that because as ridiculous as this sounds like they haven't done that much in the past four years yeah well, two were, years last two years there just haven't been that many times whereas the third quarter and like they have a legitimate chance to win this game in a big 10 game if it's that is that a success yeah i mean it's a mix i mean i remember like i mean we always like to revisit a little bit of the old shadow days like before that 06 like that 0405 season like they sometimes were beat soundly but looked like a competent football team like can we have some decent quarterback play? Can some wide receivers make some big plays? I'm more than a once in a lifetime occasion. Like, give me the offense looking somewhat competent, and it would that would be a big step up. That was like year four of Shiano. This is year one. Like, this is yeah, still Chris Ash's team. I don't know. I don't know them well enough in terms of like talent. Listen, like, I if you want to like play like the dumb giddy fan, like I saw an Urban Meyer uh, quick video clip today that. I think Rutgers BTN retweeted and they were asked, you know, he asked him about Chiano and he's one of those guys I get, he's going to be like, he's my buddy and all this shit. And he was like, they're going to up. He was like, there, I could see them upsetting two or three teams this year. <laughs> I was like, hey, but you, I know, mean, you know what the funny thing about like Urban Meyer or really any of these analysts on any of these channels that if you ask them about any individual team, especially like on BTN where it's, you know, it's the conferences network. You don't hear a lot of criticism of the teams. Like if you added up the records that, Urban Meyer and like any of these analysts said that the teams are going to have, you'd have like 30 games over 500, right? They'd be like Rutgers is going to go three and six, and Ohio State's going to go nine and zero, and Indiana's going to go eight and one, and Penn State's going to go eight and one. And like if you actually added any of it up, it wouldn't get to 500 because all of the announcers are like, oh, yeah, they're going to knock off a couple teams, they're going to surprise people. Um, I'm not saying they can't. I'm just saying that like, like the like the broadcaster saying the thing really gets you excited, or like, I I, I don't know. Like, well, there's like, only so many general platitudes that they can kind of, you know, fit into a 30-second answer. Though it was funny when he got to the point where he was about to uh, be like, this is such a tough job for Greg because he realized the coach that 
just got fired and then Greg took over was one of his coaches and Chris Ash. And so he had to like try and work a compliment of what happened with Chris Ash too. So that his brain working at that point was really funny where he realized, Oh shit, it really, that was my defensive coordinator. Yeah, no, Greg's going to be fine. He was left. Okay. Pieces. Oh yeah. Is that so? I mean, that's according to Urban Meyer. I don't agree with Urban <laughs> Meyer on that, nor does he know what he's talking about. It's not like, you know, he actually knows Rutgers football. Do we want to get to this song? Is that, do, do we want to do this? I mean, I have a song. Should we get to this? Yeah, let's get to it. Let's get yeah, to this song. Why not? All right. Not? Um, so uh, I should just get right into it, right? I mean, yeah. t- should I pre- preface it with anything? Probably not. I, th- I think I should just play it. I'll just mute myself and you go. All right. And your team's no good. Who you gonna call? Shiano. If you want your team to chop that wood, who you gonna call? Shiano. We ain't afraid of COVID. afraid of COVID. Too many puns and the crowd is dead. Who are you gonna call? Shiano. If you want Pikeol as a blocking sled, who are you gonna call? Shiano. We ain't afraid of COVID. We ain't afraid of COVID. Who you gonna call? Shiano. Your program's bold. So take another loan and call. Shiano. We ain't afraid of COVID. I hear the pandemic's over. We ain't afraid of COVID. Are you rah-rah? Who you gonna call? Shiano. If your team's toast and you'd like to boast, baby, you better call. Shiano. That's it. <laughs> How did uh, the the work that probably went in for that one? Where was that on the scale of all the other ones you've done? Uh, one difficult? or two. I really it was that it was easy. Um, that was the e- I think that was the easiest of all the songs I've done to this point. Uh, the, the 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 chorus effect was pretty easy. I, I I figured that out pretty easily. I wrote the lyrics in like forty minutes. It's an e- there's not that many lyrics to the song, um, and so it just all kind of worked out. And uh, yeah, I uh, I, w- I was pretty happy with that one. 
Mike, your thoughts on the on that on that song? On, on I think uh, it was a good beat. Uh, the instrumental was dope. There are some good bars. Um, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't sound like a ring a ringing endorsement of the song. <laughs> Uh, let's I like it. it does. It's it's a nice tone for this. Like I'm optimistic about this season, yeah, and the songs that it will produce. That's my that's my review. It does. It doesn't sound like Mike liked the song. I I mean I I I mean he's yeah, entitled no, it's to okay, his You could be. Yeah, be, be, I'm be, saying be, Ray Parker Jr. is you know he was I thought ahead of his time. What I Max I I I don't know what Mike is saying tonight, um, but I, I I would say in terms of it probably lands somewhere after I, I mean we can get Chiano maybe I still don't think it's ever going to be topped it just Ow, like, the, the momentum and the you know it was a once in a lifetime event then <laughs> it was the first Ash one guy, too uh, the Ash guy doesn't get enough love it definitely is one of your more underrated songs that most people just don't understand because of the song that you chose for that one. Um, it's so maybe it's right around to me, like the Lyle Lyle. Okay. Uh, like that's somewhere where it falls for me, where simple it is catchy and I'll remember it for a while, but the lyrics itself, it doesn't, the song doesn't allow you to go in depth enough. Like we can get Shiano, maybe your Ash guy. I, you know what? It's, it, it's been a while. Um, I, you know, I started with a song. I actually spent more time writing than that one, like a lot more time. And, you know, it just didn't come together. And, I, you know, it's been a while. And I, I just kind of wanted to start off simple. I wanted to start off simple. And, and, and you know, maybe that's a song that would have been better off last year when, like, they hadn't hired him yet, right? But honestly, like, I don't really know how to write songs that aren't about hiring Greg Schiano, so I kind of got to figure that out. Um, well, maybe you'll get some <laughs> some motivation these first couple of weeks. You never know what's going to pop into your head. So I think it's going to take Max four, five, six weeks to <laughs> get it going. I mean, well, well, let's relax on like making a song every week. That that yeah. was a that was a once in a that just everything came together, and it's like he, here's the problem you run into, right? Like. It, <laughs> The hiring of Greg Schiano is the fun part. The f the actual fun football isn't coming for a couple of years, right? Like, it kind of goes with what we were talking about before. It, it, it's almost like insulting to write like a hype song or like something like you know what I mean. Like they haven't done and they haven't won a Big Ten game since 2017, right? Like like it's like you can't. It's like I I'd feel weird making a song about a team that hasn't done anything, like. It, Return of the Rack was the first song that was about like a team, right? Because and gameplay game and, and gameplay because they were good, right? And I understand you're probably sick of t of songs about Greg Schiano. I get it, but what else do you want me to do? I don't think people are. By the way, you don't think so? No, I don't think people are sick of Schiano's songs, but just not all Schiano songs are equal. Have you brought anything to the table in I this mean, episode? I mean, in this episode, I didn't bring a shitty Shiano song. Uh, truth comes out. Truth comes out. Yeah, I just you know you know what I you know what I think it is. I think it's so, Mike is mad. Of waiting, just cut me off. Mike, just cut me off. Turn me off the podcast, and we can move on. Mike is mad uh, that no, I said he not. wasn't interesting or fun. That's I mean he's I, mad. You don't have to love you don't have to not. you don't have to love the song. It was not a shitty song. That's for sure. It maybe wasn't a good song. It was not shitty. Yeah, wrong word choice there. You're a wordsmith. Choosing shitty 
and you choose your words very carefully, Michael. Sometimes that is, uh, I I think we found out the true belief of what you think about that song. Really? What gave it away? The the use of the word <laughs> shitty. <laughs> You, is that what gave it away? In all fairness, you do often seem disinterested when we do these, so I couldn't tell if that was the issue. But it was. I'm not disinterested. I'm just have a second screen. I think there's a chance that Mike didn't listen to the song. Like I like I think that there's a chance that I he heard to that it. he heard like 30 seconds of it and then was like, oh, what is the, what's going on with this election security issue? That's what I need to read right now. Oh, what's going on? What is the FBI talking about? I mean, about? listen, I don't mind you making excuses for yourself. I understand it's normal. When I you have your back up against the wall. I'm, I get it. I'm not saying you love the song. I'm just saying I think there's a decent chance you didn't listen to all of it. I mean, that would be the best outcome for you, yes, but it it's would, not true. Mm, I think it's the most. I think it's the most likely outcome, considering you hear what, like six, sixty percent high, forty percent. I mean, why don't we make it a poll? Was it a shitty song? <laughs> well, that seems unfair. anybody's even heard it. <laughs> I mean, we can we wait have, till it comes out. Tomorrow, we haven't gotten the drops. Sure. Good. We'll let the people decide. And I know Max hates letting people decide anything because he's against the public having an opinion because only he can decide what's fun and what's interesting. But we'll let them decide. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. I mean, I feel I feel like I feel like you're also clouding the jury pool. Like I feel like I feel like people are able to make their own decisions, Max. Okay. That's fine. That's fair. Tim is here. We're going to let Tim join us. Oh, thank God. Uh, the former Rutgers wide receiver, Super Bowl champion, Tim Wright. <laughs> All right. So we said uh, Tim joins us here to save the episode, thankfully. Um, Tim, we, we appreciate you joining us uh, and giving us some time. Um, I mentioned while we were talking off air that this is timely because uh, you have a pretty cool um, partnership. We saw that Eric LeGrand was promoting um, with Dome Audio headphones, and it looks like uh, you could tell us more about the product itself, but I know Eric's logo has been kind of mixed in with it and, and Rutgers as well, too. Yes. So what, what do you got going on right now? Yes. So Dome Audio is a company that I joined two years ago. My partner, him and I, we connected together right after I won a Super Bowl and he was working on another project, um, a development. It was an eyewear and it was the, the intention was for it to, to enhance your performance. And so he was then looking at another way to create a distraction. So you have this visual distraction and now he wanted to create this auditory distraction. And when he looked on the market at how could he make that possible, he found transducers and transducers are the speakers that allow you to have your ears exposed so that you can hear everything around you. So dome headphones essentially is the world's first surround sound bone conduction headphone. So it allows you to hear your music while hearing everything around you. And then to your point with the Rutgers covers and the Believe covers that you saw, when you do want to block out the outside noise, you can achieve that by putting this cover onto the framework of the headphone. And that allows you to amplify the music and block out the world around you. But the cool thing is on the surface of our headphone, that's where we call headphone real estate. So now we could collaborate with any brand, any logo, the Are You Screw podcast, they have their own like logo right on the cover of the, on the headphones. And literally you put it on and, and you walk around and it's like mobile billboards. So it's a very unique product. Um, the, the technology offers some amazing benefits because it reduces the, the, um, you know, the hearing loss that people experience with cutting up loud headphones that go in your ear through the, through the um, you would call it the eardrum but bone conduction travels through the bone into the inner ear. So your ears are wide open. 
And so it, it's just, you know, some some amazing technology that we're bringing into the world and we're, we're able to have that fashionable piece and create conversations and make it make sense for people like Eric and Rutgers. So that's that's what we got. Do you, do you actually like when you put the headphones on, um, are you the only one hearing the the noise? Or like if I was close to you, would I also be hearing the same audio yeah. that, that you're putting? Great question. Great question. So if you can remember when when Beats first came out back in like, I would say 2007, 2008. Do you remember the sound bleed that the first pair of Beats had? It was like it was crazy. It was so loud. But this technology, the intention of it and, and the gist of it is for it to be a, a one person listening experience is not, you know, supposed to um, for other people around you to be able to hear it. But because it's bone conduction, there might be a slight little bleed, but you 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 get this new behavior and this new experience of listening to your music while having a conversation. You know what I mean? Or if you're in a, if you're in a. Um, some type of uh, environment where there's a lot of people working around you, you can still communicate while seamlessly listen to what you need to hear or take phone calls. So that's the benefit of dome headphones. And actually, I got the product right in front of me. So what you see here is the prototype, and this is a, a charging case, and this is a branding keepsake. So this will come out later, 2021. And um, But it's the, the purpose of this is when you pop open a case, this is where you store your headphones. So this is a prototype. Everything you see here is prototype. So when you pop your headphones in, this dome logo will light up to tell you how charged the headphones are. And so taking a quick look at the headphone technology itself, this is the crescent shaped design. Everything you see here is also patented as well. So when you put it on, you listen to your music, you know, having conversations if you need to. On the side here, you see this crescent shape, was, which is like, it, it stops people in their track because they're like, are they listening to music? Like, it, it's kind of of a unique shape, right? And so you will have dual mics on the front so you can take your phone calls or, you know, um, speak to someone within our proprietary app that we have. Then you'll be able to charge it on the go as well. And you'll also have an optional audio jack plug-in too for people who like hardwire. And then... Just because you guys are so cool, I'm going to let y'all see a little conceptual uh, thing that we have going. So this is concept covers with Louis Vuitton. Here is, let me pull it out for a second. This is concept covers with Supreme. <laughs> so you guys can see where it's going, right? And then some of you guys might like Tesla. This is a concept <laughs> cover with, with Tesla. And uh, we got we got the uh, Rutgers covers and the, the um, Believe 52 covers in production. So we'll have those, you know, in the market soon. You'll be seeing those all around campus pretty soon here. Tim, I do want to hear more about the headphones. I just got to ask you because it's really just taking my attention away. What is that ring on your left hand? That thing is the oh, size yeah, of the headphones. You know, that's just a little chunk right there. Is that a Super Bowl, Bowl ring? <laughs> that's a Patriot Super Bowl ring I, right I, there. I got something you are never going to come Jesus. close to in your life, so don't worry. That don't thing worry. is huge. <laughs> yeah, man. That thing is literally the size of your face. Yeah, no, it's crazy. It's crazy. I only wear it when I need to. <laughs> I, I noticed <laughs> When, when Tim started talking, when Tim started talking before, he was like, "Right after I won the Super Bowl, like how how often do you slip that into conversation? Exactly. Like how often are you like, well, right after I won the Super Bowl, <laughs> do you just like casually walk out to like bars and restaurants in that thing? Nah, you know what? I pick my shots, man, because next thing you know, I have forty people around me wanting to take pictures and going crazy. So I pick my shots when I wear it. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean that th- that thing is nice. I think uh, it is definitely the most like expensive thing that's ever been seen on this podcast, <laughs> uh, without stuff. a doubt. <laughs> that's stuff, we'll get you. We'll get you a ring for being on this podcast. It'll be like yeah, one of go. those uh, <laughs> ring pops or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah there we go. Twenty five cent gumball machine, maybe surprise <laughs> to it. Yeah, that's about that's about it with us. Exactly. Yeah, we you could ask Eric. We've suckered him many times to come on, and he really has gotten much out of it from from his end i'm sure he just yeah, he, at this point he's just doing us a favor right, um, right. <laughs> but i i do have a question for you in terms because a lot of people obviously you know when if you're a Rutgers fan and you know tim wright's name you know patriots your time at the bucks in the nfl and then like i'm i'm interested more to like what what has come after and and dom audio what you're working on now do you still also have um the barbershop and everything going on there too yes i do yeah four years strong four years strong the right cut if you guys are listening, don't don't know where it is. It's right on Livingston campus, right next to the rack in the Livingston Plaza. And um, we've been four years strong, September 20th. We've serviced over um, 10,000 people and we've rendered over 30,000 services. So that's that was, you know, literally the first barbershop hair salon on any major campus in the country. So that's a that's a you know a unique model of mine that I um, that I created that can definitely go across campuses all across the country and um, it's something that's in, in in the works as well just down the line a little bit because what we have with Dome Audio right now to be able to capture this you know this scarcity marketing collaboration and this e-commerce wave that's you know been very popular we have an amazing opportunity with that so. The right cut is just a legacy piece. It's a long-term piece. Haircuts are not going anywhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's that's forever. So um, that's something that definitely was special to me. And, and then it's not. Go ahead. The hoops guys uh, coming in right now to get like like I like Geo. I mean, yeah, yeah. Geo comes in. Yeah, they all. They. I mean, it's a good handful of guys that comes <laughs> in and uh, they get fresh. They get their taper, their fade, have their hairline sharp. You know. So yeah, they get a lot of support from from the athletics department in, at Rutgers, which is good. So, I'm sorry, I, I just had to ask. I mean, considering you know, I think I went a long time without a haircut right. once the pandemic hit. I know Max did. I think Adam just had his wife cut it all off at one point. <laughs> <laughs> I did, but it grows back. But I have out of the three of us. I mean, I'm not. I probably have one of the better haircuts on on. I mean, out of the three of us, I'm the only one that did get some type of fade. I think. On my head, but at least I yeah, did, you know, sure. Just, I'll say it, Tim. What, Max, what was the facts? That wasn't a dig at your hair. Okay, I know you think it was. Tim, what? What? How long did you go without a haircut? Uh, you know the funny thing, the right cut was, I would say it 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 was transpired through me cutting hair from the age of thirteen. So I've been cutting hair since thirteen. I've I've cut my hair every week of my life since I've been thirteen years old. So literally it's been like 16, 17 years now. And um, that's how it got started. When I, when I was in high school, I was cutting my friend's hair. When I got to college, it exploded. I cut, started cutting people all around campus, cutting my teammates, the coaches, their children. Next thing you know, it's like, hey, I, I, I made a name for myself called The Right Cut. And I'm like, one day when I have the means and the resources, I want to come back on campus and leave a legacy and open up a barbershop hair salon right on campus. And that's what I did. So. When the pandemic hit, I was kind of laughing at everybody because I started seeing all these self, you know, self, self-made haircuts and they look crazy or, or people just let it go because they didn't want to touch their own hair. And like 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 you guys said, you're either your girlfriend or, you know, had to had to step in and get it done for you. But 
I was like, man, look, I've been doing this every week for my, you know, the last 13, 13 years since I've been 13, last 17 years of my life. I got the confidence to do it. And that's what I've been doing. All right. So you were the only guy during the pandemic to have a good hair. Yeah, I was fresh. I was fresh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Once you get right, you can't go wrong. Just remember that. <laughs> but I do, okay. So I'll get, I'll move on to the, to the football stuff too. Uh, and the fact that we got the football for, for Rutgers, the football season starting this weekend. Yes. I'm curious for you, like, were, were you paying attention at all this past year when Chris Ash was let go and the talk was like, all right, are, are they going to hire Greg? Not. It looked like, you know, they were close and it wasn't. And then they hired him. So where were, were you paying attention to everything that was going on? Yeah, I, I wasn't paying attention that close, but I, I knew enough. I knew the facts and I knew just enough to say, hey, if we get in that close with Koshiano coming back, it's, it's, this is his home. Like we got to land him. You know what I mean? And um, it was a roller coaster that last like week or so. I'm telling you, it was, it was pretty crazy, but I'm so glad he's back. Um, it's, it's the right place to be. And I think the, uh, you know, the trajectory of Rutgers and Rutgers athletics, basketball hit it off strong the past couple of years. So to get back on track with football and I think surpassing where we, the target that we set um, years ago, it's going to be fun to be able to experience that while bringing Dome Audio into the mix with, you know, the fan experience and the music and setting the vibe and having some artists there to perform. Like we got some big plans with that. So we're excited about that. Tim, that is a plus like brand integration into your answer. That is just, that is great marketing right there. You're you're talking about Shiano. I got to work in the Dome Audio. That is, that is well, (laughs) well done. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, So it's the reality of it. It's just, you know, it, like music is the key to everyone's soul. And I think music literally connects us all. Like when you're in the gym or you're getting ready for some type of interview or whatever you do in your car, you're playing music. Music is, is the key to everyone's soul. So we're bringing that full circle for everyone. Yeah, Tim, you kind of had a unique experience with Greg Schiano in that you played for him in college and then right. you were there when he left and then you played for him in the NFL. So I, I guess, like, what were the differences between uh, Greg Schiano, the college coach, and Greg Schiano, the NFL coach? And, like, you know, why didn't things work out for him in the NFL? And, and, and let's kind of, like, talk about the differences between uh, Greg Schiano in college and Greg Schiano in the NFL. Yeah, no, great question. So he left my junior year. I had one more year left, played under Coach Flood, came out, you know, finished school, went down to Tampa and that was his second year in Tampa when I got there for my rookie year. And I feel like Coach Chiano understood that he was coaching grown men for the most part. Um, and he understood that guys in, in the NFL have a lot of ego. Um, you know, they, they have a lot of different feelings and emotions. Some of it comes from the fame of, of their ability to play football. Some of it comes from the amount of money they make. But I think Coach was um, – very solid and stern on on his foundation and the values that he has as a coach. And coming into Tampa, I really liked the coach that was in Tampa at that time. And I think because of some of the programs, the the, the current players in the league at that time in Tampa, uh, the some of the programs they came from was a lot more lenient and a lot more you know free to free to do what you want. I know probably a lot of the top playing guys got treated like royalty. So when they came there, it's like, who are you to tell me this, that, and the third? But I felt like Coach Yano just had a, he had a solid philosophy that 
when I stepped on foot at Rutgers, I believed in. And even in Tampa, I still believed in it. And I just think for some of the guys there in the NFL, it just didn't sit well because they didn't want to be told anything about life or anything outside of football, but football. And that's where I feel like um, that in combination with us, you know, losing some very tough games and starting our season off and like with some tough losses. And then that's when the, um, that uh, skin, that skin uh, infection had broke out and, and a couple guys on our team, it was a couple scares that we had that kind of derailed the whole thing then. And um, ultimately I think, you know, just the coaching staff and maybe the the the, the higher up in, in terms of the front office didn't align and you know that I think that's ultimately what what transpired in, in uh Cochiano not remaining in Tampa but the perspective that Cochiano got after leaving from Tampa and then going to Ohio State and you know being around some organizations and and you know having some time to really reflect on his journey in the NFL I think Cochiano now has has you know, has totally um, morphed into the understanding of the the players playing and being being loose and and having fun out there while still having that core foundation as a as an athlete with discipline. Um, I think that mixture now is what is going to help Cochiano and, and help the program really prosper into a, a a top contending team in the country. So that's where I, that's where my evaluation kind of is right now and. Um, you know, I love Cochiano dearly. Uh, you know, just the amount of uh, things we've been through in my in my career, what I've learned from him, and what I'm applying as a man and a father today. It, it, it a lot of it comes from the inspiration from Cochiano, for sure. For for you, I mean, going through your experience in in the NFL, I'm curious. You know, you left Rutgers as a wideout. You go down, um, and Greg's your coach, and he wants you to move over to to tight end and. I mean, you were one of the most successful rookies ever undrafted um, in, in your rookie season. And then you go to New England. I'm curious, was the transition at all? Like, was it difficult for you? You're just, I'm just such a good athlete. Like, I'm going to be fine. No, no, great question. So I went in there my rookie year, like you said, um, three weeks into OTAs, Cochiano, like he, he reached out to me and said, hey, let's meet. And he said, listen. You know, the, the wide receiver position is stacked. That's the reality. Some great guys over there. But there's there's a, a, a transition that's been happening at the tight end position with faster, more elusive, you know, slimmer guys. And I think you could fit that mode and have a chance to make the team with that and make some impact. And I said, Coach, listen, I want to make the team and I'll do whatever I need to do to make it. And when I made that transition, it was just – it was a new world for me, the terminology – uh, I had to put on 15 to 20 pounds of muscle over the summer. All of those different things where I was stacked against, I was, the odds were stacked against me. And I was seventh on a depth chart and they only kept two to three tight ends. And so I knew I just had to put my head down in the books and learn everything I can and literally stay after, be the first one out, last one off and just grind, grind, grind. And, um, you know, that whole season I stayed in that mode. I was laser focused and you've seen the success I had. And then, I think, you know, that ultimately um, led to me being a, a, a top asset for the Patriots that following season. Um, so, you know, though I would definitely credit the beginning of my career, like the first two to three years with just being laser focused and um, especially before I tore my ACL in my fourth season. But those first three years, man, it was it was 
quite a journey for me. Tim, can I can yeah. I ask you about the the football aspect of it? Like some people think, yeah. oh, you went from wide receiver wide receiver to tight end, right? Like maybe you would move move a little closer to to where the action is on the line. But like, can you go into some detail about just the difference between those two positions and why it's such a, a drastic change? Certainly. So just think about it. As a wide receiver, you know, you got guys that's anywhere between 185 pounds to maybe 220, 230 on a high end. Then you got these smaller defensive backs that's in your face. And if you're bigger than them, you could kind of smack them around. They may be as fast as you or faster than you, but you can outmuscle them. When you get down in the trenches as a tight end, you got guys that's 35 years old, that's 285 pounds, that's drooling in your face, that want, literally that just want to take you and toss you around. And that was like my experience when I first made that switch. I'm like, I'm 220 pounds. By the time I got my weight up, I was 235, but I was still getting tossed around in there. So it was a lot of heart. It was a lot of just like grit that I had to have. And I had to stick my face in that action every play. So it made, it made me tough. It, it was either a make or break situation and I knew I had to make it. So I just did what I had to do. Who was the guy in the NFL who, like, when you had to block him? The, the guy like, going into the game where you're like, you know, you're going you know to get thrown around, right? You're 235 yeah. pounds, you're in the trenches. But who was the guy going in, you're like, oh, this guy, <laughs> this guy? Uh, so we had Alden Smith my rookie year. Um, you guys might remember yeah. from yeah, the, the, uh, the 49ers. Um, we had... Uh, it was a couple guys on the Seahawks. Bruce Irvin, he was he was quick, but he was strong. He was on the Seahawks at the time. Um, who else was it? We we uh Cam Jordan for the Saints. It was it was a couple like it was a couple guys that I played against my rookie year. Um, that was just like dominant, man. They were so strong. But if they had to guard me as a as a pass catching tight end, they couldn't hold me. So I knew. I had to fight half my battle in the line, but I knew when I stretched my wide, they couldn't hold me. I, I, I mean, Even the linebackers and corners and safeties, I mean, I was getting double team and triple team sometime my rookie year. So I was like, look, y'all can't hold me. <laughs> y'all can't you're hold sitting me. here Slip like, me out wide, let's get it done. You're sitting there like, <laughs> man, I'm supposed to be throwing around some 175-pound corner from USF. I'm not supposed to be blocking Cam Jordan. Like, come on, what exactly. is Exactly, that's how I'm saying. <laughs> that's how I felt. But I, I knew it was part of it because I knew that once, once they called my play at, at, you know, at that with the pass plays, I would get my, I would get my revenge. So I was cool with it. <laughs> what, what was it like sharing a tight ends room with Gronk? Oh man, I was that year. I mean, like I said, my first and second year. I mean, I think I had accumulated what was that? Thirteen? No, no, eleven touchdowns between the two years, and um, you know, most the bulk of my catches came from those two years. But playing with Gronk, playing with Brady playing under Belichick, playing in that organization with all my Rutgers brothers. I mean, that was an amazing journey. Like Gronk was like one of the most, he he had the most high-end personality, man. Like at any point, especially especially like off the, off the field, you could get anything out of Gronk at any time. But when we stepped on that field, Gronk was the most buttoned up professional and hardworking guy that you can, that you can play with. So it was it was really a joy, man. We had so much fun during that season. So and, and Gronk was like the catalyst of the whole thing. Eric told us a fun story about taking shots uh, with the, with Gronk. You should you should ask him about it. It was a pretty funny. Yeah, story. I'm gonna ask him that. <laughs> no question, I'm gonna ask him about that one. <laughs> I feel like everyone has a story about taking shots with Gronk. Yeah, nah, no, no doubt. 
Do you ever get annoyed with the fact when people bring out the Patriots and so many people because you play that position? Like one of the first questions other people, aside from asking about you personally, they probably ask about Gronk, right? Yeah, that's about Gronk, for sure. They <laughs> at some point it gets tiring. Yeah, no, I, I mean, every time they ask, especially because I'm on the other side of playing now, it's just like a joy to kind of reflect on those memories from that season. So I don't mind, man. Like, we was like the dynamic duo. You know what I mean? That, that was my brother, man. We, we got it done. Well, for you, when you look back on your career, what do you think was your highest moment? Like, what was your favorite moment in the NFL? Favorite moment? It was when the Seahawks didn't run the ball and they threw the ball. <laughs> <to> the <Seahawks. laughs> that one play, that that one play definitely, like, was the reason I got this right now. <laughs> no, no question about it, but... Like, people bring that up, too, all the time. And I'll say this. We won that game the week leading up to Super Bowl. And during that play in real time, we had nine defensive linemen on the field and two defensive backs. So everyone in the stadium knew they was going to hand it off to Marshawn, right? But if you're calling a play and you just want to, like, yo, let's, let's, let's do something out the box. Let's do a walk-in touchdown. That was a walk-in touchdown the week leading up to, to, the, to the Super Bowl game. And Coach Belichick stopped practice and he said, listen, Butler, if you see that, that tandem lined up like that in the game, Browner, I want you to jam the front guy and I want you to race to that ball and, and, and literally stick your foot in the ground and go get it. And that, like, I'm telling you, they, they recapped it in all, the, you know, in all the specials they got with that recapping that season. But you'll see it. He stopped practice and called that out. And literally when that happened in the game, Butler just jumped it and it was right on time. And now we got this right here. So, I mean, we won that game that week. So, you know, that was just the, the brilliance of, of uh, Coach Belichick and just the guys believing in what, what his coaching techniques were and, and his philosophy. So, yeah, we won that game before that, man. Definitely. Did you have a uh, a favorite QB? Uh, I don't. It may have been Brady that you just enjoyed working with in your in your time in the NFL with the the multiple teams that you were with for a little bit. Yeah, you know what? I mean, Brady definitely tops it because I was playing with Tom Brady like as a as a kid playing Madden. So like that was just so surreal for me to come in the locker room and they like, hey Tom, look who's here. And I'm standing there. He's like, Timmy Wright. He said, man, I'm so glad you're here. We've been waiting for a guy like you. I've watched the film. Let's get let's let's get it going. Like I was like, yo, are you kidding me? And then I looked up and my locker was right next to Tom Brady. So that was that was like a, a out-of-body experience. That was it blew my mind. But my rookie season, um, they had Josh Freeman starting, you know, and then all of the, the wide receiver cast they had, but me and Mike Glennon were the two rookies that came in and we were we were on the field, like even in our off time, just getting reps, getting reps, throwing, pitching and catching. And when our number got called, the alignment of Mike Glennon assuming a starting role and then myself coming in and then starting for most of the season, our chemistry was was solidified back in OTAs and during the summer. So like for me to be able to kickstart my career in the NFL like that, I would say the Mike Glennon connection as quarterback comes second, like a close second to the Tom Brady experience for sure. And then uh, even in even in Detroit, um, Matt Stafford, he was he was a beast like his arm. He threw me a couple touchdowns. So his I mean, his his ball is 
unbelievable. Like his his arm is he got a cannon. And then you got Patrick Mahomes. I was in training camp with, with Pat. And I mean, he's just a whole different breed. So like, you know, I played with some of some top quarterbacks in my in my days, I would say for sure. <laughs> did, did you ever see like does I heard Mahomes like doesn't he have a ketchup infatuation or something too? Like the guy just loves ketchup apparently. Yo, so so I've seen the commercials. I didn't really experience it when I was there. Like to, to like it wasn't something thrown out there like that. But once I seen the commercials, I was trying to draw the connection. Like, what's the connection here? So now, since you said it, that you heard he has an infatuation <laughs> with ketchup. I guess it's true. Well, it's that and the first time like he talks. I don't think you're expecting that voice at <laughs> that man. Like that dude is a beast, and like comes up to you. And I mean, he basically sounds like a hybrid of like Kermit the Frog and like helium. Right. And so like, <laughs> wow. Yo, that's what he captured what it. He, it really sounds like I can't help that. No question. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you definitely wouldn't expect it. But man, he's like to be, you know, he's what, 23, 24 now. Super young dude. And um, I was, I was what, 28, 29 in the locker room with him. And so I was the old head, the vet in the locker room. And um, just to see the talent, man, and he, he's just a natural gift. Seriously, a natural gift. His contract <laughs> says it all, though. <laughs> I did have one question. So I, I read an article that uh, when you, I think, were in Pop Warner, won, like, uh, a contest or something as a teenager, and you actually met Greg early. Yeah. Like, what what's that story? And, is, like, how did that go about? How did that happen? Yeah, so – um, they had this drawing and they had all of all, it was it was I was in pop one. I think I was about 12 or 13 years old. And they had all of these um, our names on a little, you know, on a little slip and they put them in a hat and they, they shuffled that hat and pulled the name out. And I had one. And so the the, the surprise was um, you would be featured in a magazine for it was like this kickoff magazine. And um I was like receiving punts, catching punts on the field. So they told us it was at Rutgers. At that time, Rutgers wasn't even like something big to me. It was just like, oh, okay, going to college, that's cool. Um, and so we got to the we got the campus. This was when the stadium was still open in the in the end zone, like the you know the scoreboard. It was just like the one that peaked up like this. Yep. So um, we were on the field, and I'm like, wow, this is a huge stadium. Like I've never been inside a uh, you know a big stadium like that. And I'm doing my thing, taking the pictures, and all of a sudden, it was like, hey, we got a surprise for you. Uh, the head coach of Rutgers football is coming out. And I turned around, and he was right there, and he was like, you know, he introduced himself, and he said, you like you like what you see here? And I said, yeah, I love it. Like, it's crazy. And he was like, how would you like to play here one day? I was like, it, it'll be a dream come true to be in a, a, you know, a stadium this big. And literally, like, what would that have been? Six seven years later, boom! I'm I'm on campus at Rutgers as a as an athlete there. So that was that was a pretty cool experience for sure. What was I mean? What was the recruiting process like for you with Greg? Because I wasn't UConn also near the top of of your list at the time. Like, how did you settle on Rutgers? Yeah, they were. Um, UConn was coming hard, and uh, they had a very cool wide receiver coach. And they had they had some success with their program at that time too. And I was just like, oh man, they showed me a lot of love when I went up there on my on my visit. And um, what what it really boiled down to was, I grew up on a street named Rutgers, right? <laughs> I went to I went to a school named Neptune Scarlet Flyers. 
I went to a school, then I transferred my junior year, senior year, and that school name was Wall Crimson Knights. So when you put it all together, Rutgers Scarlet Knights, I couldn't go anywhere else. Like, <laughs> I literally couldn't go to any other school. So I, I mean, it, it came down to my, my time I had here uh, when I went on my official visit to Rutgers, Taekwon Underwood was my host. And he showed me a, a hell of a time. And then all the players that were there, they was just like, I was like, yo, this is the place to be. And um, I, I committed my junior year and I had over a dozen scholarships when I did commit. And that was before my senior campaign. So they, I, from what I heard, from what I, you know, back then they was said, look, the way you played your senior year, you probably could have had an offer from every school in the country. But Rutgers was the place to be for me. So I, that's why I chose Rutgers. Of all the high top fades you've seen, is, is, <laughs> was his the tallest? Like, I, I feel like I've never seen one taller than the, than the old Tyquan Underwood haircut. Yeah, nah, Ty, Ty probably takes the crown on that, like, especially in person. I mean, he had the, he had the Gerald from Hey Arnold, like, locked <laughs> to the T. Like, <laughs> he got that thing locked to the T, man. So um, I, I, I remember having, you know, I, I had cut Ty's hair a couple times back in, back in school, um, but he had a low, he had a low cut back then, so... Once he got into the NFL, I think that's when he started growing a high top. But nah, his his high top is undefeated for sure. <laughs> <laughs> undefeated. What's a what's a recruiting trip like with Tyquan Underwood as like your host? Like what's the what's the draw on that? I mean, you gotta have some fun. So what 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 did you guys what can you tell us? Right. I mean, the influence of of him as a player, like he was a thousand yard receivers and he was like super popular in magazines, everybody talking talking about him. So when he hosted me, I'm like, bro, I'm hanging with Tyquan Underwood right now. Like, and he had a lot of activities lined up. Like, you know, we'll have our um, our core things with with the other recruits and the coaches in the program. But outside of that, I mean, we hung out, went to a couple parties, and he, he got me some food and all that stuff on the side. Showed me, you know, Eastern Ave and and all the all the different things to look forward to when you when you come there. So it was like he he did a great job of getting me very convinced to be like, yo, Rutgers is the place. So hats off the time for that. <laughs> I do. Um, I, I know we had talked about, you know, all the stuff that you're doing currently right now, again, with Dome and, and the right cut. Now what you know, having gone through school and the NFL, we, we talk about this a lot. We're really big, like player empowerment guys on the podcast. Um, I'm, I'm curious, being where you are right now, what can schools like Rutgers or schools in general with college athletes, how could they set up their players better for the future in any way? Like we're big, like my vision would be if you were back in school at Rutgers, you probably could have made a little bit of cash on the side, probably would have set up the barbershop a little bit earlier, would have set you up better for the future, regardless of the NFL. Like, is that something you would like to see with the kids now? Like today, have you given any thought about that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think now they have integrated more of the the real life things that that come into play once you leave school, um, and even once you if you did have a chance to play in the NFL once you leave there as well. So financial literacy is is you know critical for guys to understand because at the end of the day everyone has a job and everybody works to 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 make a living to pay bills to to handle their business provide for their family. So that financial literacy is critical. But I I think. Nowadays, entrepreneurship and that more than an athlete has become very popular. 
And I feel like I was blessed because at the age of 13, I was basically an entrepreneur then, you know, handling my books, making appointments, connecting with people, uh, customer service, making sure I'm delivering every time I, I cut the clippers on. But um, I would say it, it's a lot of interest that guys have inside them that they don't even know is there. You know what I mean? Like, like when you find your passion, um, what I've learned, I'm, I'm 30 years old now, and I realized that anything outside of, outside that I love and that I'm passionate about, I, I mean, I couldn't make the strides that I made where I'm at today without putting that love and energy and passion behind what I do. So I think allowing guys to be exposed to, to different things, um, whether that's going up to the city. I mean, a couple years ago, I remember they went up to like Wall Street or something like that and experienced those things. But I think a, a lot of different trades and crafts wouldn't hurt to, to put in front of guys because it, it's all about if you got a vision, um, you know, for the guys who do have vision, you can create, you can find a, you can find a problem in the world, you can create a solution and you're off to the races with whatever you create. So um, I think for myself, you know, having that vision, knowing that I'm on a college campus and I can touch a hundred thousand students at the, you know, at the end of the day, I got that access. It's a built-in uh, consumer base there. Why not bring, why not bring that and be the first one on campus with that? And now with Dome Audio, we have the ability to touch the world with the way people experience sound. I mean, literally being able to hear your music while hearing everything around you is an experience that not many people have heard before. So we're providing something with this fun element of these, you know, interchangeable dome covers with all these different brands that people love. And that's the type of things that I was exposed to when I was in school. And, and those type of conversations I would have with students that represent different parts of the world. They will sit in my chair and we would just have discussions while I'm cutting their hair. So I'm grateful for those things. And I think that those type of exposure implementations can happen at Rutgers with the athletes and what, you know, even with students, man, it's like some kids go to their sophomore junior year and still technically don't know what they really want to do or what they're passionate about. So I think it's just the exposure, you know, I think that's what, that's what could bring that element of uh, success outside of school to our athletes and to our students there. Uh, I don't know if you have like the uh, the paperwork in already, but I'm you have you thrown the paperwork out to Shark Tank yet? Are you guys you, you ready to take that leap on like and have the pitch all set? Because you, you you've done it to us and you've been pretty good. Thank you. Like, are we are we are you in the process of trying to get on there? I feel like you should. Exactly. No, I appreciate that. But you know who our best investor is is the consumer, and so. Oh, you. you're so sly. Yes. <laughs> Our best investor is the consumer because look, you got four or five panelists up there. Yeah, they have a lot of money, but they could all tell you no. Then you got to walk out the door and go to the next one. And if you create the product and you do it right and you create something that people love, they'll take care of you. And so we got to yeah, the place you, now. You know the Gronk, you know, you know Gronk. He's been on that show. Like his brother's got like that dumb deal with the the shake stuff, right? I mean, right. my Gronk could help you at least get with Cuban on that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I actually got a couple connections to uh, some of those guys, but I mean, look, man, we 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 um we we have the resources around us right now with um, being able to market to Rutgers, being able to market to Eric's, you know, his, his, uh, Eric team, Legrand and all the people that support him. And we're just getting started. We're just scratching the surface. So we're going to be able to expand with, with, uh, the dome covers into different markets and we're going to scale from there. So it's, it's not about, 
um, you know, taking on a lot of different, uh, you know, angles of capital that would then put your company in, in certain positions you might not really want to be in. So, you know, we're taking this with a nice pace and we're, we're getting there one step at a time. You know, Tim, hey, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, who could probably invest a little bit right now? I heard Greg Shiano got $32 million recently. You could be like, hey, Greg, I helped you win some games. Get that money. I played for free for you. I mean, let's, you know, let's give it back. Give it back to the community. <laughs> No question. No question. Hey, man, we'll see. Who knows? <laughs> hey, Tim, a question I always like asking uh, former Rutgers players. Um, the football players, you're all crazy. Uh, football is yeah. insane. It's probably a sport that should be played by no one. But, uh, and you're all tough and all that stuff. But, like, who was the guy on the Rutgers teams that you played on that was, like, the guy who was, like, the tough guy among the tough guys? The guy that, like, the football players knew. The the, the other the, the player who, the, who you guys knew not to mess with on the team. Well, like, who was the toughest head? guy? Yeah, straight me head. I, I say during my time we had um we had a few guys, man. Ryan D'Imperio was a meathead. Uh Kevin Malice was a meathead. That's my boy. We both from the shore. Um, who else, man? It was it was it was a lot of guys that could turn it on and turn it off, but it was a lot of guys that was stuck in on all the time. <laughs> it was like it, it definitely was, man. I'm trying to trying to draw some names right now, but yo, it Oh man, we it's it's a lot of guys like especially the defensive linemen though. Like, those dudes are crazy and linebackers. Those dudes are crazy. They they're crazy, man. So, yeah. It was it was quite a few guys at Rutgers during my time for sure. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, I I think I'm I'm out of my questions right now. Max and Mike, you guys uh all good? Uh, I think so. Oh, don't we usually we usually ask we've had players on before. The one thing I think Max has asked a lot of times and I I forgot about this too. Where was uh, – what's the go-to food spot for you when you were at Rutgers? Oh, man. So when I was there, the first couple years were um, the grease trucks. And then once they took those away, Hansel and Griddle hands down. Yeah. All right. Now yeah. the key key question, though, is what do you – what's the go-to order at Hansel and Griddle? Yeah. Because bar- there is a correct answer on it. It is a correct answer. Barbecue, chicken, bacon, crisp. Mm. Sure. Mm. I'll, I'll give him credit. I mean, that's just, I, I'm, I mean, do you like, you don't go spicy with the buffalo chicken, Chris? I do. I, I thought, okay. so if I went 10 times, I'll have that maybe three times and I'll okay. have the, the barbecue. And as a matter of fact, I'll throw the steak crisp in there probably two times as well. Yeah, we got to get paid. We're, yeah, we're, I'm, I'm we're about giving, a five to three to two guy for sure. <laughs> we're giving yeah. Hansel a lot of free advertising here. So yeah, we, from we Hansel, it's them, okay. Is, 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 Shout out to Hansel, man. Yeah. Yeah. Li- some happy. Yeah, they, got that, uh, they got that banana flip uh, peanut butter. Banana flip, okay. man. Uh, oh. yeah, man. The creamsicle too? Yeah, Ooh, yes. they, were, they were good. Rutgers was, I mean, it's, it's a lot. I mean, you've been back, obviously, and you've got the shop there too. Like yeah. Livingston is crazy. We, we've always we were at school at the same time, pretty much that you were. We over we all overlapped for a little bit. It's kind of amazing to see what has actually happened yes. to the actual physical campus part since we all yes. left. Yes. I mean, it's it's, it's kind of like nice. want to go say. back. It's it too is. nice. It's it it too is. nice on campus nice. compared to when nice. we were there. It is too nice. It needs to garbage it. dump a little bit too. <laughs> right. I'll take it. <laughs> Future generations will not know what it's like to sit in in a parking lot eating fat sandwiches at 1 a.m. in the morning. Sure wouldn't, man. They sure <laughs> wouldn't. Because they, you know why? Because they're, they're building, it's going to be the city. Like, it's going to look like New York City uh, pretty soon, man. They're building up everywhere. You can't even stand anywhere anymore. Especially when they put that Shiano football palace somewhere. I don't know where they're going right. to put it. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. we'll see. I can't wait to see that. <laughs> well, Tim, uh, can you just let everyone know uh, anything else about um, the headphones and anything else they should know about or, or where to find you? Yeah, no, thank you, man. So, 
You guys can follow Dome Audio. So it's Dome underscore audio on Instagram. And you could go to domeaudioinc.com. And right now you can enter your name in to get a chance to win a free pair of headphones on Friday, this coming Friday, 1023. Um, at 9 p.m. we have this live Dome Fest, which is basically a season kickoff. And it's a virtual, uh, you know, we're going to have fun with it because we have two DJs that are well-known around Rutgers uh, showcase and Flygerian, and they're going to be battling each other. And I'm going to be emceeing and Eric's going to pop in and we're going to have, you know, some free giveaways and, you know, we're going to just set the tone with the energy and music for kickoff. So make sure you guys tap in because also on Friday we have at 5.20 p.m., where our pre-order and our reservation clock starts for people to be able to pre-order the Rutgers and I believe headphones. So make sure everybody tap in and be ready uh, to, to support Dome Audio, support Rutgers and support Team Team Legrand. So we're very excited about that. So that's about it, man. And awesome, like man. I said, one more thing. If you go to the right cut or you're looking for a haircut, if you come there, once you get right, you can't go wrong. So make sure you stop in right on Livingston, 55 Rockefeller Boulevard. We're right there to service your needs. Do you have that on <laughs> like a go. do you have that, that on a sign if once you go right, you can like is that on a sign? Yeah, we're gonna get that. Now yeah. that's that's gonna become something that goes national, man, for sure. You like, gotta put that, that in the window. Like that that's gotta be in the window. Yeah, it's in the works. <laughs> we gotta get you advertising at Rucker Stadium too. Yeah, no question. Once you get right, you can't go wrong. <laughs> I feel like this is the year to do it. Like, they're probably virtual ads everywhere with no fans. They should just, I mean, again, Greg, That's let's true. go. I mean, hook a, hook a dude up at least. Hook, hook us up, man. <laughs> hook me up. <laughs> yeah, well, we're certainly not the ones with the connect. We only just make songs on this podcast about Greg. Yeah. That he probably secretly listened to and loves. But other than that, he nobody, you know, Greg, you guys wait yeah. to focus. He doesn't. Nah, yeah, laser, laser being focused, man. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Tim, we, we appreciate it, man. Good luck with everything, and uh, hopefully we'll speak to you again soon, all right? Hey, thank you guys thanks. so much. It was a pleasure, man. I had fun. Thanks, thank you. Awesome, man. Thanks. Thanks, Tim. Right, see you around. Take care. Ain't no rules that the dog can't play basketball. Three, two, one, go. All right. All right. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was Tim Wright. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Go go check out Dome Audio. He certainly uh, he did a good job uh, working that into <laughs> the interview several times. Really good. So um, that was me laughing at Adam screwing up coming well, back. Well well prepared. Uh, maybe I asked one too many questions about the product <laughs> itself, but hey, you li- you live and learn. No, it was, it, it was cool. He, he was he told us some fun stories. I you know, I, I didn't know the um, I had never seen the thing with the Patriots where they like you know. Or they knew the play before the the game, then it worked yeah. out during the game. I, I know I had said it had been on like those NFL films things, or that's really cool. That just shows you like the value of coaching. I know I've like made fun of the whole schemey McSchemer sin thing before, but like coaching, really? ma- coaching matters. Hold up, hold up. Uh, the last cool. four years didn't show you the value of coaching. You had to be convinced of it in that in that interview. I more meant of like the scheme and like the overall like you know the overall value of I stand the by scheme. What I that. So uh, so, what do we have here? On what is the list of things that we got to get through on the back end here? Uh, that way, we kind of keep things moving. We've got, a, we've kinda... got a call from Vlad. Um, okay, we have Mike Vlad, needs to I have apologize to get to. Mike needs to we apologize. Have Mike needs to apologize for being mean. Underrated, overrated. Um, we have oh, we have underrated, overrated. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, we've got a Vlad call. I think that was at the top ten, and we've got um, we've got gambling. I guess on the back end. Um, okay. To hopefully see. Yeah, we'll take him to let us out. Uh, do we? Want, we also have a Danny's date segment. Was Danny on a date? <laughs> Let's do that right uh, before gambling. Okay. 
So what would you like to uh, go with them? Should we hear from Vlad to maybe kick, get us back on uh, on track? Again yeah, now let, that we're let's uh, let's hear from Vlad. Let's uh, okay. let's hear from Vlad. All right, so let's do that now. Hello, it's Vlad. I have returned from silence with many important day coming. My foreign minister tell me it is what everyone talk about in your country. You have brought back former Tsar Gregory Schiano. He will lead football team in games again. When I left Kremlin in August, I was told Big Ten would not have games this season. I am confused why you are playing. My friend, Donald, say he bring back football. I not believe him. KGB spies tell me there was coup in state of Ohio. Someone named Ryan Day, and he's Rasputin, Sir Yacht, is only explanation. Why Rutgers President Holloway say no football, then next week there is football, Ohio Coop, like when I take Ukraine. Also, what is in Nebraska? In Russia, I have always decided there would be football. I also decide when there is election. I say, okay, let America do election this year. This time, I will not make problems. Donald will win either way. He tell me he has many votes ready and will use if necessary. But I have question. I go on Twitter to follow America. It is how I find my favorite podcast, Red Spotlight. They never say how much Rutgers lose, only that it is great. I have sent copies to Kremlin so my friend at Pravda do better job. But I see tweets by Daniel Breslauer. I do not understand them. Why he tweet he send votes to other states? Is not illegal? Why would someone admit this? Why he have only five thoughts? In my country, there is old saying, the man who cannot count to 10 is men who will never get drunk. Also, who is John Newman? Is his oligarch who give him money? I say good luck to Rutgers this year. Red Army must be resilient. It's cold long winter. Like when we fight cold war. It take many, many years. But in the end, we won. <laughs> good to hear from from big Vlad. It's been a while. As uh, as always. I think he said he got away for the summer. <laughs> Glad that somebody else reads Danny's tweets aside from uh, aside from the three of us. <laughs> All right. Well, that uh, that that makes you feel good. Um, what what do we want to go into next? Do we want to do? Should I just get my top ten done with um, for you guys? Or where's what where's my ap- where's my apology, Mike? I, I want my apology. Uh, for what? You were mean. You were mean. You were mean earlier about my song. I felt. I felt. I felt personally attacked. I will apologize to you if the results of the poll say I was mean to you. I'll make that a poll right now. Was Mike mean? <laughs> well, obviously the answer to that's going to be yes. We'll see. Whatever the people vote, it's, that's it, how I'll do it. It's funny. I have. I get this reputation around here. Adam says. Adam has said before. I'm a bully. Mike is the mean one. Mike is the one who gets in fights with Danny when he comes on. Mike is the one who is mean. Mike is the mean one. I have been pounding on this for years that Mike is actually the mean one. I am not the mean one. Mike is the mean one. Okay, so I'm Mean Spice. Who are you? Is there a Mean Spice? We're all Spice Girls. I don't who, think there, who are you? I don't think there is a Mean Spice. Is there a Mean no, Spice? No, there's not. That would be weird if they had a Mean Spice. I'm the Fun Spice. You're Fun Spice? Yeah. 
Okay. You're like oregano. All right. So, are we gonna? Do we want to talk any football? Like, I feel like we didn't talk any football. We really haven't. I don't know. Uh, that's kind of I like being uh, where I am in my life right now, where I'm not as obsessed as I used to be around Rutgers football, which probably doesn't make a good football talk for our sports podcast. But what would like? You're probably talking to two guys right now. Definitely, you, Max, have to know uh, the players for for what you've been doing for for Rutgers radio all this time, like. I mean, I still think everybody is uh, – what's his name? One time I called the spring game and I thought that he was that random white cornerback even though he had graduated uh, four years earlier. You know, you oh. you called Brandon Rencart Kevin Chucky. Malice or either the, one, the other way around. Whichever one was younger, you called, the, you called them by the name of the older one. Right, um, and that's pretty much where my brain has been stuck for the last nine years or so <laughs> where I have each year kind of cared less and less about who is on the team. Um, which is fine. I'm happy with it, which is why I have excitement right now for this weekend because I don't know much about this team. Um, and you do though, but you do. That's know, maybe a good thing. You do know a lot about this team because it's mostly the same team from last year. Like it, it is. They have a few guys, right? Raheem Blackshear is gone. What? Raheem Blackshear is gone. It, it's mostly the same team from last year. Right? Like they've added Aaron Crookshank, a receiver. They've got three new offensive linemen. They lost probably arguably the two best lines uh, linemen in Mike Lonsdorf, uh, who apparently opted out of this season, and Mike Mietti, who transferred to is it Missouri? Um, he transferred somewhere. So then, what are, Max? What would you be looking forward to most about? Or what are you most intrigued about for this season? I, I think this? What I, your five thoughts. What I'm most intrigued for this season is I think people are like, I think they could win three games. And I think it was actually Richie um, on, on, on at Rutgers.Rivals.com when they gave out their predictions who, who put it best. I'm, I'm kind of paraphrasing, but it's like you're not going to measure success this season by how many games they win. I, I like they could win no game. Like I, I okay, maybe they have to win a game. They probably have to win one game, right? And end the Big Ten losing streak, which is now I think it's up. Is it twenty or it's a little twenty one? Maybe whatever it is, it's way too long. But like they could win one game and have a successful season. Like I bet Greg Schiano is in those coaches meetings. He's obviously not going to say this to his team, but he's in these coaches meetings. He's like, we just got to win one fucking game. We got to find some way to win one fucking game of the next nine games. I. Maybe I don't know how we're going to do it, like, but we just have to win one fucking game, and everything after that is just house money. Just win one fucking game. But I think it's like beyond wins and losses. It's the same shit I've been saying every year. It's how many guys do you have, right? How many players do you have that are legitimate Big Ten players? Can you have games against Maryland where you're not giving up like 35 points in the second quarter, right? And you're just blown out of the game. Can you like avoid the disaster minutes like against Illinois where it's tied and then you blink or you go to the... I, I remember this actually happened to me. I was at... I think I was at Mike's apartment for for Halloween or his, or his birthday or something. And we were watching the Illinois game back when, you know, you could converse with people and you had large groups of people and all, when you were able to do all that fun stuff. And I remember it was the day of the Illinois game and I wasn't paying attention for like five minutes. It was 10-10. When I started paying attention again, it was 31-10 Illinois. Can you avoid that kind of shit happening where the game is over in two minutes? I think those are the kinds of things you look for. Not are they winning games. Are they just not looking like an FCS team 75% of the time. That, to me, is success. That's what I'm looking for. I'm not... I have no expectations for wins. But can they just... Like like I was saying earlier, can they give us... I don't know. 
five or six, five games. Can they give us five games where you go into the fourth quarter and you're like, maybe they can win. Maybe they can win this game. Just give me give me five out of nine games where they can do that. Can they do that? I have no fucking idea. Because it's like I said, it's largely the same team. You've got a couple new starters on defense. Uh, Brendan White from Ohio State, Michael Dwumfor, the transfer from uh, from Michigan. I think all nine other starters were on the team last year. Like it's 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 mostly the same team. So you'd hope that the coaching would make them better, but just look for little things. Don't look for big things. They're not gonna knock off Penn. They're not gonna knock off Penn State or Michigan or Ohio State or Indiana, who, by the way, is awesome. Indiana's really good. Um, as I drop my water bottle, Indiana's good. Remember, remember, their, remember their quarterback? They were pretty good last year. Remember uh, Penix or Penix? We never found out what his name. I think it's Penix, but it could be Penix. Well, well, we'll go with Penix. Um, Indiana, you're, you're not gonna beat either, any of those four teams. But the other five teams on the schedule, just get one fucking win. Just one. That's all you have to do. And that's what Greg Schiano's saying to his coaches: We just need one fucking win. I know that kind of was all over the place, but that that was my. No, that was no, my we, we, I, I got I got the point of that, which is which is nice. That gave me a little bit of a of a breakdown. So uh, yeah, is it oh. is it Vedral or Sokowski? Uh, <laughs> look, uh, if it's Vedral, I think that's bad. Um, from what Why? I've seen of from what I've seen of Vedral, um, he's a guy that if you give him a lot of time and you have receivers who are open, he can hit them. But he's kind of in like the McLean Carter um Kyle Bolin mode of just doesn't really have the arm strength from what I've seen to be like a big time player. He's more mobile than those guys, but he doesn't really have the arm strength. And not obviously arm strength isn't, isn't the most important thing, but I, I I think that at this point like if Art Sitkowski isn't starting this year, like it's just not going to happen, right? Like this is his third year here. Um, he was, you know, he was a four-star recruit originally at Miami. If it doesn't happen this year for Sitkowski, I feel like it's just not going to happen, right? Is is Vedral and all these guys, aren't they more like the, uh, you think they're going to be the transfer in like basketball who's a three-point shooter, who's, <laughs> that's all you need to turn things around? And like, that's really not it anyway, because we're forgetting all the other parts that are not very good and they're not going to make the difference. And so I think I don't... I think the I receivers know. can be okay. I mean, you've got some you got some guys. You got Crookshank who's fast. I mean, he he only had four catches at Wisconsin. Crookshank is interesting from like that they maybe finally again since what this will be the first time since Janaria and Grant have like a playmaker who could maybe return kicks that are like it's it's finally maybe a threat again, which is obviously what kind of channel made his name on early on with special teams. Um Oh maybe yeah, that's kicks again. Oh, how about not, how about you know what? I'm going to make a prediction right now. Saturday, there will be a fake punt. Did, was there a single fake punt in four like in four years of Chris Ash? I don't know. I feel but like, there were plenty of times they were at like the thirty-eight and he didn't go for it on like fourth and one inside the opponent's territory. Like, don't you want to see Corsac on one of these rollouts just go? We're we're gonna see probably a few. Uh, I mean, we saw a few fake field goals in in Greg's uh, first tenure at, at Rutgers. So I, maybe on the fake Saturday field goals come back. We will see a fake punt. There will be a fake punt on Saturday. I'm very okay. interested to see how this I, – I am intrigued by this season. I want things to obviously go well. I want us to be entertained. I want there to be some positivity moving forward. I really don't want to sit, and I am going to spend my Saturdays watching this team. I really hope that they don't completely stink. Completely. Just give me half. They could. Like I, you said, just just be 
competitive and we've seen it before. I don't, I mean, again, maybe it was all coaching. It probably wasn't, but maybe it was. And that's really what's going to make the difference. They can be, yeah, they can be better. Sure. I just think overall it's, I mean, it's, it's mostly still, it's still the team from last year with better quarterback play, right? Like as much, you know, as, as much grit and a heart as Johnny Langan had, he was, you know, he was like a, a tight end playing quarterback, right? Like he, he couldn't throw the ball down the field that much. He was running through people when he could. Hopefully they find some stuff for Johnny Langan to do. I'd like to see that. Cause like, you know, he's, he's mobile and he's strong. Um, so it's the team from last year, but with hopefully better quarterback play, you'd think the problem is I don't know if they can block anybody. Like they lost two off two starting offensive linemen, um, from an offensive line that already had trouble blocking people. So can they block anyone? And there's a lot of depth problems on defense, as there has been. Like, can they avoid getting run down late in games? And I, I just those are the things that I would be looking for and hope that they get better. Um, not necessarily winning games, but just like I said earlier, like not getting blown out. But like, can you? I just I'm having a hard time seeing it considering it's still the same team. So like I'm just I'm not I'm not that optimistic about this season. Maybe let's 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 regroup. Let's see them in action because nobody has seen them in practice. Like the 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 media hasn't been able to see any of these guys. We don't know anything. We know Greg is tight lipped anyway. Why don't we we go into Saturday with some positivity and and then regroup after next week. And I have an idea of how we can get into some positivity. I would like to go and do my, my top 10 list for you guys. Ooh. Cause I think that is going to be um, that, that is going to uplift you and give you some hope for what this season is going to be. Can we, am I allowed to do that? Yeah, is that do, okay? Do you want my, the canned laughter that I had from last year or should I skip that? I had, cause I had canned laughter last year from Mike. No, you don't. You don't have to. Okay. You don't have to. I, do that. I mean, I got it in front of me. I don't. I. I, I don't. It's your I mean, second. I, sure, whatever you wanted. You know what? You feel it out. If you're feeling it, you can. Sure. And and we'll go from there. I'm going to. Uh, I did a little preparation on my end. Again, uh, if you're listening to this on the podcast episode, you're not going to be able to see it. Maybe we'll release this part separately. I I did some work and wanted to do something visual for you guys. So we are going to do the top 10 reasons <laughs> Rutgers football will survive COVID. Okay. Just so everyone knows, Adam has like, has shared his screen. There's like a PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, this going is a, on. I this think is, the kids call it a legit. deck. Yeah. This is this. We're doing the top 10. Okay. That's, I wanted to kind of get into this. I wanted to do some work. I wanted to put some effort in. I've Max said he was going to have a song. Mike said he was going to do something with Vlad. I'm trying to be a team player right now. So, the top 10 reasons why Rutgers will survive COVID. Number 10, we have SHI Stadium is never at max capacity anyway. Number nine, night from noon games will kill the virus. Number eight, any Swedish players on the roster have herd immunity. Adam, Adam, you got you got to slow down. The delivery is... You're, Take a breath. You're, you're, spe- okay. you're speeding through. Let me redo this. Let me redo this. All right. Take them away. I'm taking them away right now on the screen. All right. <laughs> Give it a time to settle so we laugh. Two, one. And here are the top 10 reasons Rutgers football will survive COVID. Number 10, SHI Stadium is never at max capacity. <laughs> Number nine, sunlight from noon games will kill the virus. <laughs> Number eight, any Swedish players on the roster already have herd immunity. 
<laughs> Number seven, the offense can stay closed forever. <laughs> Number six, the defense will remain socially distanced from opponents' offenses at all times. <laughs> Number five, can't catch COVID when you chop for change. <laughs> What? <laughs> Number four, Greg Schiano is the leading head coaching expert in containing infectious diseases in a locker room. Oh, that's going to get you a call. <laughs> Number three, the QB battle is a hoax. <laughs> Number two, the team will self-isolate from Big Ten wins. <laughs> and I for one reason that Rutgers will survive the 2020 football COVID season, the season will be over. It's going to disappear. One day, it's like a miracle. It'll be gone. <laughs> oh, God. That was good, that was good work. That was, that was good. good. First few were a little iffy. I was like, all right, this is going to be terrible. But it, it picked up. Yeah, I thought that's kind of what Letterman typically did. It yeah. like wasn't, it, it's never really good in the beginning. And then you kind of wonder, is this going to be totally shitty? So I tried to... I think them. Mike's top 10 last year was like all poop jokes, right? Like Because it was they yeah. named it S.H.I. It was all the shitty, Tim Arm. Brown. Yeah, it was all the Tim Brown stuff, yeah. Because <laughs> of the SHIT stadium. Yeah, yeah, right. So, okay, I tried. I, no, I mean, that I was tried. good. No, I'm serious. That was good. Uh, that, this I is liked not, it. This is not, this is not patronizing. Let's do this every good. week. It started slow, and then it, it, it picked up. I thought it was great. Okay. What right. was number well, three? Yeah. I think I think number three was... I can actually... Wait, it's still it's not on screen. Number it's three not, was the good screen, one. What was number but, three? But number, it was number three Number or four. three being the QB battle is a hoax. No, number four. What was number four? Number four was Greg Schiano is a leading head coaching expert in contagion infectious diseases in a locker room. That one was <laughs> that, good. I didn't want to put that number one because like that was going to be too hard hitting. I wanted to kind of just leave it in there at like in the middle, maybe. Does uh, does Greg have your number, Adam? I, I'm. I mean, I'm sure he will soon. Somebody will take <laughs> issue with it and not find it funny. It's something that happened. We can Tim laugh Wright about it. it up Tim in Wright our interview. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's something that happened. It's something that happened. Listen, Adam State everyone, fact, survi- everyone survived. Okay. Yeah. Everyone Shit happens. MRSA happens. I can't, you know. Does... <laughs> it just ends up being that way. Okay. Oh, All right. What, what do we got on? We got to release the video as a whole uh, on uh, on Twitter. We've got, over, we've, we've got over-unders, uh, Danny's dating segment, and... Let's get to, uh, and gambling. And gambling. So, do so we... let's, do, well, let's do over-unders. Why don't we do over-unders? All right, cool. Um... So last year, uh, I don't remember. I think did Adam win? I remember there was a really terrible segment where Adam right, I made won, us. But he was gloating I about winning really about something. I just I brought back one time where I was right about something, played the audio, thinking that it maybe would be a good segment. And it turned out to be one of the worst things. Oh yeah, it was did. terrible. Yes, it stuff, was. No, stuff Adam was right about. It was it almost was as bad as me asking Tim Wright about his own company a second time. <laughs> but yes, <laughs> hey, Tim Wright's just a salesman, man. He's he is he's really he is like, a very good. And it and it sounds like I mean I'm not really an over the ear headphone guy, um, but like for people who are, that seems like a pretty cool a pretty cool yeah. product. And it seems like cool technology is involved. Yeah, it? That, so. that that part's cool too. Okay, so what did anybody? I did not plan any over unders. I mean, I could always think of one off the spot, but Mike, did you have any over unders planned? Yeah, I got a few. Yeah, I got a okay. few too. All right, so I, Mike, why don't you go ahead and start, and we'll we'll go from there. All right, all right. Um, so first over under, uh, I'm going to set this at six and a half games played by Rutgers this year. All right, I will take the. I will take the over. 
I, I think they definitely get to at least seven. I think the interesting thing, especially for a team like Rutgers, is because there, there's no set rules, right? For like, like I think there's a minimum number of players you have to have active. I don't, I know in other conferences is 53. I don't think the Big Ten has stated what those rules are. If a team like Rutgers, with the depth problems that they already have, gets a couple of players right who are like sick along the offensive, like like the offensive line with like two guys being out. Could you know what I mean? Like that that might make Rutgers not able to play a game safely, or or whatever you want to call it. Like I think that that might be part of the reason the Big Ten didn't set a limit. It's that like like Ohio State could have like forty guys get sick and they'll be fine, but like Rutgers gets like eight guys who can't play, and you maybe starts getting dicey as to whether or not Rutgers can play a game where like you know maybe you're playing like you know what I mean. If you, if Rutgers gets down to its third string offensive lineman, like that might be a punter. Like we like I, I really have no idea. Maybe this is bad theory, but my thought is while the Big Ten has been kind of publicly um, roasted at times for how they handle things, I actually think their delay maybe helps them a little bit because I know, you know, Jeff Brom just announced that he had COVID. But for the most part, I haven't heard anything about like outbreaks happening uh, at Big Ten teams like recently with like multiple teams. Like we've had a few instances here and there. And I feel like some people have kind of learned their lesson a little bit with the first couple of weeks of college football. And like we, any from any week, we're what from like seven to 15% of games were being canceled on like the average weekend. And I feel like maybe they're, they they're kind of figuring it out a little bit and like college football, there's a lot of teams. So enough is being played to make it seem like there's not an issue. Like maybe I'm just overthinking it where I, I think the big 10, like I don't even think, the daily testing is what's going to be that saves them. Like coaches are going to basically tell them stay in your room. Football season's going on. You're not allowed to leave because we have the power. And like, as long as you don't go out and do something that you shouldn't be, they think that they're going to be fine. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. I'm going to take the over. I'm going to say that I'm going to say something bold here. I'm probably going to be wrong. I'm going to say the big 10 doesn't have to cancel a single game. Well, any game. Yeah, could just just be just because um oh, maybe it's cuz I'm right. maybe cuz I'm rooting for it not I mean I want to you know I want them to have a successful season get all the games played. I want to see all of the people who freak the fuck out about the Big 10 just have to eat shit when all the other co- conferences are are like shutting down games. Florida has not they they just postponed their game on Saturday. They're shut down completely until this Monday. You've got this game being moved, that game being moved. For the Big if the Big 10 pulls this off and not that I'm like, you know, the Big Ten obviously botched this in a million different ways, but to have to like watch all of the like the angry internet people eat a bunch of shit about how the Big Ten handle this would be marvelous. And you guys know me. I always root for whatever is going to cause the most chaos for annoying people on the internet. Aren't we the people who freaked out about the Big Ten? No, we, we I, I no people were like because they weren't playing and how could you do this and you could cancel the, and how could you cancel the season after putting making out a schedule and like those people. Um, okay. And, and and if it leads to a full season being played, that'll be hilarious and you know obviously good for the conference, good for only well, maybe not good for Rutgers, but good overall that during a pandemic they were able to keep um, their players and their coaching staffs um, from you know getting COVID. Okay. Okay. What's next uh, uh, over under that you got, Mike? Uh, over under 
five punts per game by Adam Corsak. He averaged 6.3 per game last season. Uh, uh, that seems like a low number. Why? That's that, that, uh, you, what you, you UMass and Liberty. Uh, okay. I'm going to say, wow, nine game. I, all Big Ten schedule. I'm saying, oh, I'm saying over. Yeah, that's what's gonna hurt them. Over. They don't, they don't have the gimme cupcakes to like kind of bring that average down. I'm gonna say over. Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. I probably shouldn't. I probably shouldn't have given away the the. Yeah, you the yeah, you helped me with there. that answer. Uh, but yeah, over. I, just because, I basically cheated off of your test. Yeah, um, <laughs> over because UMass and Liberty aren't on the schedule, so you know you can't even Boston College. This seems like this would have been the best year to actually have Syracuse on the schedule. And Mammoth, like that, it actually <laughs> not having the out of conference schedule. I think you could definitely make the argument hurts Greg a lot in terms of where there could have been a lot of momentum going into the Big Ten conference schedule. Where if you get lucky, like it turns into a stupendously great first season in most people's Syracuse eyes. lost to Liberty. <laughs> we didn't we didn't laugh about that, but oh man, like that. that one of the things I, I've uh, we've talked about this. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast. I've talked about it with people on Twitter that the younger Rutgers fans don't appreciate is how much the older Rutgers fans hate Syracuse. Like it is, it is. There, it's UConn. And like UConn in basketball, but I think the most hated football rival was Syracuse. Right? Like Adam, you've been around. Like it was, it's it, you know getting getting their ass beat by Donovan McNabb and Kevin Johnson. Like was like seventy something to nothing, and just like I, I feel like that was the before maybe Louisville came around. But I feel like over the years in basketball and in football, that Syracuse was really the school that Rutgers fans hated. So well, it's really fun to watch them lose to Liberty. Yeah, Syracuse was the, we make fun of the Michigan fans now being the caviar fans. That's what Syracuse was in the Big East days. And forget Villanova, they're in a league of their own in terms of sn- caviar sniffing type people. But <laughs> Syracuse, that was the team that I personally just hate. I hated their fans. I still think their fans are the fucking worst. And UConn <laughs> is a different type of like inbred like a truly racist garbage type in like that, that weird area of Connecticut. That's, <laughs> wow. That's a whole different you just, area. You just but took yeah. out UConn. What's that? You just took out UConn. Wow. Oh, I, I think um, UConn was West Virginia wannabes in terms of like hostile environment, but at least West Virginia fans would like invite you over first for a beer before they threw the beer can at you, where UConn fans would just throw the beer can at you and not invite you over for the drink first. Hello to all our fans listening in Connecticut. Yeah, fuck you up in stores. We we get some listeners up in Bristol. We've got we've got some people up in and it was one on the list of like places where people downloaded from. That's because our Penn State friend is up there. Oh, all right. I didn't I didn't know who was listening in Bristol, but shout out to the whoever's listening in Connecticut. All right, all right. Uh, His uh, his basketball coach just stepped down today. Oh yeah, Pat Chambers. Yeah. Yeah. How is Greg Marshall not suspended yet? Because why? There's there, like one of the things in college sports. There's no motivation for anyone to do the right thing. Like, what's going to happen if they don't fire Greg Marshall? Nothing. Embar- they'll be embarrassed. Like what? It's Wichita State. They're going to fire their basketball coach? No. Like they're really good at basketball. Wichita State was not good at basketball before he got there. There's no reason to fire him. What? Because he has some allegations or whatever. There's no players' union. There's no one forcing. There's no NCAA violations, right? I mean, he—it's not like he paid his. It's not like he 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 violated the moral code and paid his players. He was just, you know, horrible, and maybe racist and kind of abusive. But none of that's against the rules. This is college basketball. Next over under, Mike. What do you got? All righty. Uh, total yards per game 
I'm setting it at two, uh, two fifty. Last year they averaged two hundred seventy three per game. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, over because I've got faith in uh, in in Gleason. Uh, offense is gonna be revamped for 2012. <laughs> Schemey McSchemerson. Yeah, Schemey McSchemer guy. Uh, I'll take I'll take the over. I mean, that's not that many. That's really not that many yards. Um, I'm actually looking right now as to what their conference average was. They actually they they averaged 209 yards a game in the conference last year. Um, whew. Oh, yeah, because you know what? Now that I'm thinking back, yeah, because like 25% of the games were against Liberty, UMass, and Boston College, and they didn't score a lot of points against Boston College, but they had a good amount of yards in that game. Yeah, they, moved, they moved up and down the field a little yeah, bit. Yeah, um, 250s. I'm gonna, you know, I'm going to take the under. I'll take the under. I don't think they can block yeah. anybody. All right. Any any more over-unders from you, Mike, or should we go on to Maxis? Let's go on to Max. If I can't right. have any more, I'll come back. All right. All right. Um, quarters before Greg Schiano takes off his mask to yell at someone, I've got it at .5. Under, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over because I don't. I didn't follow this up with a, a question to Richie or, or James Kratz, but apparently Greg in his in his press conference this week, like I think he is taking it seriously. He said that uh, players are also gonna be wearing masks on the sidelines if they're really? not in the game. Apparently, I don't doubt that Greg is taking it seriously at all. I actually don't. This is not some kind of um, indictment of of Greg. I just think that. It, I, I, all the games that I've seen, baseball, basketball, and sorry, not basketball. Actually, yeah, basketball too. They, I forgot the more, the more masks on the sidelines. Football, the coaches have just for a second like pulled down their masks to like yell something. Yeah, I think they're just going to do it intuitively. It's just not. It's not like does he believe in it or not? You can't yeah. hear me through this thin piece of of, of fiber, so I'm just going to pull it down so that you can see me say fuck. No, you, right. you got to well, you got to see the okay. mouth moving. Like you really think in like a game situation, the intensity of a game, Greg Shiano, you know, it's. It's a close game, whatever. He's in, remember, he's in that coach's room saying, we just got to get one fucking win, guys. You really don't think if some call goes against him, he's not going to rip his mask down and start chewing out some referee? I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over. Yeah, so I'm, I'm gonna, after halftime? <laughs> yeah, I'm going I'm to go over, but not by that much. I'm going to say second quarter, it's like, I don't know, 14-3 Michigan State. Rutgers gets like a 20-yard play down the field. It's called back on a holding penalty. He, he drags down the, the, the mask and he starts screaming at the referee. That's what I've got. Um, losses by 21 or more points. I put it at four and a half. I have to look up their schedule. Now we're, I mean, uh, you know, you know their schedule. It's all the teams in the I'm, Big Ten. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under. So like, there's already what three losses by 21 or more built into Ohio, the schedule. Ohio State, Penn State, um, Michigan, and then probably Michigan. There's already three. And then I think they're going to get. I think Indiana will. And Indiana is that one where I real. I I actually think there could be. I think maybe like there's something weird that happens, and either Michigan's not as good as we think this year, and like I, I don't know. I'm still. I'll still hold. I'll still hold hope. I'm just going to say under. I just think Michigan's one of those teams that like it. It almost like at this they point they're just they're just they're, just they're just bigger and they're stronger and they're deeper. And even if Rutgers okay. keeps it close for a bit, like it'll eventually be. You know, a a, a big. A big blowout. I'll take. I'll take. Um. I'll take over. I'll say it's five. I say they lose five games. Mike, by Mike what is your answer? I'm gonna go over as well. I, I'm gonna go with the uh, Indiana, Ohio State, Michigan, Purdue, and Penn State. Purdue. Purdue got Rondell Moore back. Rondell Moore is awesome. Like he's a he's a really really fun player. I'm. I'm uh. I mean, I, I'm excited to see him play in the NFL someday. But he's he's a he's a fun player to watch. Kind of glad you know glad he's uh he's back playing this season. 
Um, hold on, it, it went away. Okay, um, games with fewer than fifty passing yards, one and a half. That's mean. This is a mean question. Over. Gleason. It's the Gleason effect. Are you saying over? Oh, wait, wait. wait no. Yeah, yeah, wait. Wouldn't the Gleason effect mean they had under? Oh, under. Sorry, under. Whatever. Whatever the good part of that answer should so be. So they, they, will, they will have one or fewer games, or one or yeah, zero yes. games with fewer than 50 passing yards. I'm going to say right now they will have no no games wow. with that, that number. Wow. I will take the under. I'll take the um, I'll take the under. 50 so low. Like it really just kind of speaks to the depths of the uh the Ash era. <laughs> like 50's very low. All right, and here's the big one. The Vegas line wins 1.5. 1.5 wins over or under. Uh I'm going to go uh under. I think they get one. They will find a way to win one. They win one. I and I'll say that they are in com- competitive for more than we think for more than most people think they'll be. I got the same under one. Yeah, I don't know what that one is, but you know, yeah, I don't know one. what it. I don't know what it is either. It's got like you said though, Max. Maybe again, if they don't cancel games and you have a a, a tiny outbreak or whatever, like a team could you could be missing a starting quarterback and they're out for three games. I mean, you're out for 21 days if you have a positive test. Like this isn't the Big Ten is serious in terms of if you have the positive tests, man. So maybe maybe that happens, Adam. I want to I want to paint a picture for you that's going to make you very happy. Imagine just imagine a scenario where Penn State has like 30 oh, players yeah. out. I'll paint that picture. <laughs> and Rutgers ekes out like a nine to seven win against against a completely decimated Penn State. Team. I will draw. I will draw. Uh, where is that? That game. That is, game's here. Uh, it's here. Where this year? It's here. They they were at here. Yeah. I will drive to the stadium and I will I will storm the field myself <laughs> <laughs> and try and take down one of the goalposts. <laughs> That's my promise to you. All right. So that was over under. Um, we have what Danny's uh Danny's dating segment. Yeah, we get. Are we, are we gonna call him? What are we gonna do? Oh, we have to call him. I but he doesn't have well, a date for this. Week. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, I made it. I made an intro for the segment. I don't know if we. I I I was. I didn't. Know, I didn't know. Do we want to call him? Do we want to not? I've probably I not. Save Can we save it for when he actually has another date? If you made this great intro, I feel like it. It only deserves it to actually go sure. over another date. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We didn't have any plans for that. So um, yeah, let's do that. Let's hold it. Let's let's hold off on that. Okay. Um, so what are we, are we into gambling now? Our, our yeah, last, I guess we are in for, we, we are, we are, uh, we are stumbling towards the end here in this really, really awful, awful episode. Um, Tim Wright, Tim Wright was fun. Uh, Mike was mean, kind of ruined the mood in the early going. And then he just never really got it back. Never really got it back because of Mike's mean spirited, uh, behavior. And as usual, uh, when the podcast is bad, it's pretty much always Mike's fault. But according to the polls so far, uh, 70.8% of voters say this is our worst episode ever. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's not, we've, we've had worse. Like those ones, at the, like those ones at the beginning. Oh my God, were, were those bad? But there was there was effort. I mean, there was effort in this one in terms of some stuff that we do well. Max had a song. Fake Vlad was good. We had a decent interview, and yeah. I tried something a little bit different, and, and half of it worked. So again, everything else from that kind of sucked, but that's kind of what our mo is. And 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 to be fair, um, we are doing a second episode before the season with nothing really new to talk about, right? 
like we probably shouldn't have done this episode but i was like no we must we must we must get the momentum of doing the show and you know we're still getting back in there doing it via zoom it's not as good but it's still fun anyway all right right. guys gambling let's go gambling is is the beginning of college football season we're here should we be here i have no fucking idea the next few months in this country re-covid probably gonna be pretty bad right elections coming up everyone's kind of gonna disappear after the election (laughs) oh yeah right remember on november 4th the pandemic is over we can all stop pretending that we care um but we get checks for us baby let's go it is going to be a tough few months for a bunch of different reasons but the day is here football is back big 10 football is back it's week something let's call it Week one. Week one. Week one in the league where they play for no pay. All right, Rutgers and Michigan State playing this Saturday at noon up at whatever the name of Michigan State Stadium is noon. I think it's on BTN. 13 and a half point underdog. Rutgers is at Michigan State. This is our second try at this segment. Um, and Mike fucked up before because he started giving the picks from the other games instead of just going to the Rutgers pick, which is always what the segment is. It was never. It was always the Rutgers game first, and then we come back for the other picks. And Mike, as usual, not paying attention to the podcast. But... Try this again. That's not true at all. We have concluded with the Rutgers games at some time. Never. Never, not once, have we ever done that. Okay, go ahead. All right, Mike. Now. Get off your high horse. Give your picks. I'm beating the What do you. Rutgers and Michigan State. Rutgers minus 13 and a half. Go. You know that's abortion, too. I'm going to take Rutgers to cover 13 and a half points out in East Lansing. You heard it here. Wait, what? Uh, so yeah, so this this week, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, I, I my uncle again, my, my niece born earlier this week, or my brother. Uh, very very simple. If he pees first, we're putting the money on Rutgers. She goes number two, pretty much right away. We're going with Michigan State. Number one came out, so we're putting the future college funds for my niece on Rutgers money line this weekend. We're Take going all night to the bank. We're going Rutgers money line. Oh yeah, I'm gonna take Michigan State minus thirteen and a half. Um, yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Michigan State. Brighter days are ahead. Those brighter days are not better days. Bright, better, brighter, but, butter days, butter days, butter days are ahead. Um, but those days are not today or Saturday. Um, Michigan State beats Rutgers. Something really fucking boring, like 30-6. to six. Um, You know, maybe you can fool yourself in, into thinking it's competitive in the third quarter when it's like 17-3 to three Michigan State. But overall, I just think it's, it's going to be really tough for them to move the ball. But we will see a fake punt. That's what I got. Okay. We got to figure out a way to revamp gambling, maybe I, in general. I think it works. In, yeah, I, I think, think Max ruined it. I think it works in person. 
I just yeah. I think I think a lot of our things work in person, right? Like Yeah, yeah. It's this has been this has been we we have tried our best with the virtual stuff. We have. Well, I, you know, we've tried we also haven't had fucking games to talk about, right? Like like we're here we're here. We're, yes, we're here. seven and we a half have, months into this. And like we are on a precipice. And we like oh. we'll have games to talk about. Yeah, we won't have like tailgates to talk about. We never we never talked about that. We have to actually actually watch a game. Together let's let's, let's look at the schedule. Um, we'll try and figure it out. We will do we'll do one of the streams. Um, but like, it's it's um, we haven't had games. We have a game. Well, uh, ne- next week when if we sit down and do the podcast, we'll have a game to talk about. Maybe it won't be a good game. Maybe it'll be it'll be a boring game. But we'll have a game to talk about. And I'm looking forward to that. Sure, oh I've said a lot of shit about everything. But we'll have games or a game, and that's cool. I like it. I'm not. I mean, I'm not 100 percent sure I'll watch it. I'm. I'm not necessarily going to schedule my Saturday around watching it. But if I happen to not be doing anything on Saturday, I will watch the game. You're going to watch the game. Um, like yeah, like I mean, I, I might watch part of it. I mean, there might be stuff with the baby. I don't fucking know. I'm just like I'm not going to schedule my Saturday around watching it, but. You know, if I'm around, I'll watch it. I'll, pro- I'll probably end up watching. I don't think we have anything planned. Guys, I have a question for you. Just because I saw some of my tweets and it brought something to my attention. Why couldn't we get a Trump interview? If he's just talking to any clowns out there, why can't he talk to us? Well, like Whitlock? Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. I mean, anybody apparently can get a, a Trump interview. Why I, can't we get one? Because I mean, have we tried? they stick to sports and we don't. That's why we don't get the, the interviews. Oh. I, th- I totally think we could. I mean, do you know how easy it is to like, infiltrate these people? Like, I mean, if we, all of a sudden we just become complete grifters no, and like, try to con an entire community of people, if why we, can't we get if, an interview? If we sent a couple of tweets or like a DM to like whoever the fuck is running the campaign right now, and we're just like, we are huge Trump fans. We are the biggest Trump... Pro, we, we're a Trump... Thank we're a pro-Trump you. podcast. Thank you for bringing Rutgers football back in the Big Ten. This was all because of you. We get yeah, Rutgers like, football. I, I have fake Vlad's email if you want I it. feel like it would be so fucking easy, actually. I, I feel like like it's so easy. Like maybe, maybe not him, but I bet we could get like... like I bet we could get... I bet like Mike, we could get... Mike Pompeo or something? Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> I don't want Rudy Giuliani. I've seen the Borat stills. <laughs> uh, speaking uh, of, guys, are you excited for the new Borat? You want? I, I don't need the music, but uh, speaking of Rudy and whatnot, goes in well. I do have a wine for the week. Uh, it's Jeffrey Tubin. <laughs> That's all you got. Hope you had fun. Wine's the devil. You see, because of the way Zoom works, I can't play the sounds as much. Yeah, but you will. Everybody will hear it on, on the episode because it's coming from your computer. Yeah, that that that's true. That's true. This was right. fun. Up and down. Up and down. I think it was it was okay up until Mike's uh, Mike's aggressive uh, meanery. Listen, um, you ruined it, and I had to kind of you know push I, back on track. I, 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 and I, then that pep talk, by the way, might I add, helped right because the show got back into a good flow. No, I mean I I I made a good song. Um, that was fun. You did make a song. It was a, it was a good song, and it's it was a fun. It was a song. I, agree. I think fun if song. Rutgers plays well this weekend, we might get a a, a rant and a hype video from from Max next week because I feel like he's not he's borderline Mike. He is moonwalked back into the he's ready for football, and if there is a little bit of hope, 
I mean, we're gonna get. Oh my God! Listen, Matt. The the listen. The gymnastics that Max has done in the last few months. I mean, he has actually done more than the Big Ten. Like the Big Ten released a schedule, canceled the season, and then two months later they're back. Mac has gone further than that. If they win against Michigan State, I expect him to be like he's going to be out there tailgating outside of Rutgers Stadium. I. It's not so much that I've done gymnastics; it's that I just said I don't fucking care anymore. Like I, I don't feel I don't really feel any differently. But we're here. Let's watch some. Let's watch some uh, some bad football. Let's do it. Sure. They beat Michigan State. One team will be playing good football. Eh, Michigan State kind of stinks. I mean, not this week, but like, you know, one of these weeks. I mean, so I, I it's going to be funny if Ohio State goes 4-4, four and four, right? Oh, my God. Right. Like, yeah. Like, after, yeah. I and mean, they're not going to, but I, I think you might have a situation where, like, the way everything's broken in the Big Ten, that essentially Ohio State is Clemson and the rest of the Big Ten is, is the rest of the ACC. Like, I, I, I mean, it's kind of been that way for a while, right? But... I just think Ohio State is so far and away better than everyone else in this conference. I know, but it would just be fun. I mean, like, they run this Russian troll campaign. Like, Ryan Day is out there in Macedonia just putting up all these tweets, and then, like, they go 4-4. Four four. It would be funny. It, oh, it would be. I mean, we're all rooting for it, right? I just, I mean, when's the last time Ohio State lost four games in a season? I think it's been, who knows how long it's been. Will Harbaugh lose four games in a season again? Like, that's his level. They'd have to go, so they go five and four. I don't know. I mean, Ohio State hasn't lost four games in a season since 2011 when apparently they lost seven games. I don't remember this. Uh, was that the year like Trestle got suspended? It, it was Luke, yeah, it was Luke Fickle. Wasn't that so quaint when Jim Trestle got suspended because they were selling, <laughs> weren't they like selling like stuff for tattoos? Yeah, there was some. some we were at our high mark at the at the Jeffrey Tubin joke, and I feel like we've gone downhill now. Yeah, we, I mean, we, okay, we, we could always just cut the podcast there and edit. Just edit Max, in. stay, and then we'll go. Pay the players. Third and A, and your team's no good. Who are you gonna call? Shiano. If you want your team to chop that wood, who are you gonna call? Shiano. We ain't afraid of COVID. Ain't afraid of COVID. Too many puns, and the crowd is dead. Who you gonna call? Shiano. If you want pike gold as a blocking sled, who you gonna call? Shiano. We ain't afraid of COVID. We ain't afraid of COVID. Who you gonna call? Shiano. Your program's bold. So take another loan and call. Shiano. We ain't afraid of COVID. 
I hear the pandemic's over. We ain't afraid of COVID. Are you rah-rah? Who are you going to call? Shiano. If your team's toast and you'd like to boast, baby, you better call. 